welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright. Dan, how are you this week? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? Mate, I am good and uh, looking forward to another testing question. Uh, It's come in via the PDP Facebook page from David. And he has said, my son is in the 99th percentile for height and 85th percentile for weight. He is a top 50 sprinter in the 100 meters for his age group, which is under 12. What can he do to focus on technical skills other than play to neutralize his physical advantages? So I would suggest that we have a very early, early ripe or, uh, you know, physically mature young player here in the under 12 group who's potentially dominating the game due to the size. So we often focus on how we can help the small players navigate, um, navigate that challenge. But it's easy to forget about the big boys who are potentially having it all their own way and not getting the technical benefits. So, Dan, what do you, what's your advice initially to David on this one? Yeah, this is a really good question. I think um, the the main source of content would be Matt DePledge's uh, masterclass around biobanding and growth and maturation. That would be where I would start. I think um, what we're looking at is 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 basically virtually an adult at, at twelve. Um, and like you said, we, we quite often talk about the you know how are the, the the late developers, the small players, how will they survive? But I think you've also got to use that same man- mentality for the big strong players because what you've got to try and understand is what will that player look like near the end of the journey mm. so if he's going to be big and strong and if he's going to be able you know to hold the ball up or to use his pace or to use his power or whatever kind of attributes he's using at 19 and 20 i think that's a different question to if he's going to be five foot 11 yeah and, and be average five foot nine or whatever average uh, 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 um i'd hate to think know. five foot eleven's average mate. i'm struggling <laughs> <laughs> probably isn't it probably isn't the premier league it might be um, yeah. but but i think have i have i articulated that they are two different things because if you're going to be a powerful player then what we need to do for your development journey is different to if you're just going to be average at 19 20 sure because sure. if you're just going to be average and, and you're getting away with things at the moment or able to get success easily then you're going to fail you're going to fail at 16 17 when everybody else starts to catch you up and then your technical deficiencies will be highlighted even more if you're going to be really big and strong so an easy example is Lukaku if you look online there's examples of Lukaku I think at 14 15 where he is a man and he's playing in youth tournaments and the guy is a foot and a half shorter than him now Anderlecht did do some things to technically improve him and put him in some positions and put played him up and all those kind of things. But they were probably also aware that Lukaku was going to look like what Lukaku looks like now. Yeah. And so that that's a different journey. They're two different, two different things, I think. Yeah, really, really interesting. And I think the idea, first of all, you know, citing Lukaku as a reference point here, you're looking at what does the player need to get to where he wants to go? Now, we don't know what the environment is, whether it's an academy environment, a club environment, what what this environment is, but the answer to the question in terms of 
technically improving this player for me lies around two things, positions uh, on the park and, and a variety of positions and, and being exposed to different challenges. It's very easy to say you're big and fast, go play up front, we'll lump the ball over the top and you can keep banging them in. Now the kid's going to get good at finishing from, from a through ball, sure, but he's not going to get a lot of experiences outside of playing with his back to goal and running in behind. If you play that uh, that particular individual in the center of the park and you say today your job is to link the play x amount of times or play x amount of killer passes then perhaps that player is getting a different challenge and they're looking at a position where they're seeing the game 360 you know central midfield it's a very difficult role you need to be technically proficient so there's a good opportunity for david hopefully alongside the coach of the team to suggest that that might be a really good pathway to help the player lift their technical skills to then match the physical attributes I would also look at what individual plan you could put in place for this player. Um, so what things, the, the, it might be that we need to improve weak from finishing or receiving skills or passing skills, whatever it is. And again, matching that up with position and matching that up with what's going on in training. Um, but the final point for me, or not the final point, but a third point there is that it's important to think that every player has different attributes and physical attributes can be a strength. You know, there are plenty of players that have made a career out of the game or got by playing the game socially just because they're big, fast and strong. And, and we don't want to deny this player that being their attribute, but hopefully we can create some additional strengths to go with that physicality, uh, assuming it's going to go on and be a real advantage all the way through. So really fascinating stuff. Yeah, I think um, Mark Upton would talk about a rate limiter. So mm -hmm. so the things that you're good at, that's great. The things you're not great, you know, the things you're not great at, <clears throat> are you good enough at them to play at the level you want to play? So, for example, is Lukaku's left foot good enough to play in the Premier League? Well, it, well, it must be because he's there. Is his heading, is his hold-up plays? So how do you develop those skills that perhaps you didn't need at 12, 13, 14 because you were so so strong? Mm. And, and then you've also got kind of like guys that are really, really unusual, like your Theo Walcott, your Michael Owens, that were just absolutely rapid, mm. which means they didn't need some of those skill sets because they could always do these things. Yeah. So that's that, that that's another kind of thing to look at. Um, I, I recently was on the Advanced Youth Award and, and a guy from Liverpool came in and talked about the games programme, which was really, really fascinating. And they had like a red, amber, green pie chart mm -hmm. and he talked about um red being like a stress game so a yep. difficult game we might lose it's going to be really hard to be really challenged um, a green game being we probably expect to win this we'll either be technically too good or physically too good we probably expect to win that and then a, a yellow kind of challenge amber game of it could go either way and he was saying that different players will have different pie charts mm. depending on where they are in their journey how good they are, how physically good they are, how maturated they are. So we've talked about being the best player in the group, being the worst player in the group, yeah. being the middle player of the group in games and in training. And it's a similar kind of message. So is this boy getting enough red games? Yeah. That would be a way that I would look at it. Like, it's okay that he's getting success because that's the, the green period. But is he getting games where he might lose? And it's, you know he plays against a good, good centre-back, whether that's he goes and trains up two age groups or he goes and plays five aside with an age group up or you know he finds a second team and that that's his, ch his challenge game but then the red stuff where it's pretty much you know you're going to lose you know you're going to not get a sniff of the ball the guy you're playing against is better than you how is he going to find that challenge mm. that's the question for this parent and this club and this individual i think yeah really good i think um you know i'm working with a player at the moment who i i feel maybe similar to this in the sense that 
this might be somebody that's just had it all their own way because they're the biggest, fastest, strongest on the pitch. They've never really been stretched, unfortunately, because they haven't been exposed to environments which allow them to go up and down the age groups or get those different experiences. And I think it's important that we look at the player like that and we say, look, there's still plenty of time for them to work on technical skills or work on their intensity off the ball or whatever the, the challenge is um, based on those physical advantages they've always had. So again, goes back to putting a plan in place and understanding what the long-term picture is going to look like. I think there's some really good good uh, advice there. We've also got, as you mentioned, some great content on the website around this. Um, the sports science and youth development um, video discussion we did with Matt DePledge was fantastic. A man that really understands uh, you know, youth development and maturation and everything that goes around that now working at British Tennis. Highly recommend it. We've also got two brilliant articles from Steve Lawrence, who's a consultant to Croy Football and previously has consulted for Ajax. Um, one called Biobanding, Solution to Relative Age Effects, and Matt covers this in the video as well. Uh, and also uh, an article called Relative Age Effect from issue nine of the magazine way back when, but really good. Steve is an expert on this. Um, his son, Jamie, was released from a top club in the UK um, because he was a, a Q4 child, very small. Again, one of those classics where it was all a little bit tough and perhaps the scouts didn't know what they were looking at and the fact he was Q4 and has since gone on to have a professional career in Europe and, uh, and is doing very well uh, as far as I understand last time I spoke to Steve. So really, really nice content from him. Um, Dan, any final thoughts on this challenging topic for David? Yeah, I think it's just another story of like this non-linear non journey isn't it it's yeah. what we're seeing now might not be what we see in the end and and players that are getting success or teams that are getting success or coaches that are getting success are they future-proofing those players um so are you doing the best by the players in this moment but also are you protecting you know for them to have a, a journey beyond this age group or four ages up um that that's what you've got to think thinking long term in the short term is, is a nice way of uh, kind of framing that Absolutely. Great advice from you there, mate. Thank you for your time. Uh, and we will look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.